Contract Properties is a homegrown, family-owned maintenance company located in Nashville. They provide HVAC, electrical, plumbing, painting, and many other services for commercial and residential properties. From build-outs to junk removal, one call does it all. Whether you're a homeowner or a property manager, give Contract Properties a call today for a free estimate. 615-356-0755. That's 615-356-0755. Or visit contractproperties.net. Do I have everybody's attention now? Now it's time for Jason Martin and Vol for Life Ramon Foster. Powered by all four seasons garage doors. Together, they are J-Mart and Ramon on 104.5 The Zone. Man, I'm going to tell you, I'm glad I'm friends with Jeff Schwartz, man. Tell us why. This tweet from two minutes ago. <laughs> just burped while wearing my mask and the smell made my eyes water. Thoughts and prayers. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the garlic on his breath or what? I don't know, but RC, Ryan Clark says, that's disgusting, bro. For real, offensive lineman, y'all some nasty dudes. <laughs> See, you I feel seen want, right there, Moan. <laughs> I don't even want to join in on that conversation with RC, man, because he might say some stuff that we uh, that 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 the guys that I play with inadvertently did, and I don't even want to know what he saw from us. So yeah, I'm gonna leave that alone. But Jeff, clean clean that up, man. It's the morning. Have it tick tac, man. Take lady. that down the street, bro. Man, that's what this mask is saying back to. Boom. You ever burped in your mask? Six one five seven three seven one. Oh! <laughs> I will say this: when I have the you know the thing you pull over on your neck, and if I wear it the next day, I know what I ate the day before. Oh, <laughs> Yep, it happens. Cliche. TMI right there, bro. It's, this is oh, one of those come times. on! It's a huge. Oh, and you talking about your dogs? You know what? Stop man? it! Okay, Stop it. all right. Let's roll that beautiful bean footage there. <laughs> you know what? It was a whole. It was a whole lot better when Schaefer Mike wasn't working. That's all I'm saying. See, now people don't he's... know. People don't know that my mic did not work for the first hour and a half of the show. <laughs> and now he's like, "I'm talking. I'm free." Yeah. So here's the good. Here's the good news. I'm glad you're back now because I mean, it was Moan and me kind of going back and forth talking about Mariota who played last night and played well, and it was fun to see. And we talked to Mike Keith about it in the last segment as well. But I wanted to get you because you've been here in this market throughout Marcus's career, just like I have. And Moan was worried about other things. He was worried about Steeler things during that time frame. So you get to watch it nearly as no, up no, close and no, personal. Don't as say that on air, man. The caller called back and we're like, why are you always talking about Steelers? See, no, we don't, we don't do that on the show. So Mariota, so Mariota goes 17-28, 2-26, a touchdown. Nine carries, 88 yards, a touchdown. Throws that key interception behind Zay. Um, and then really tried to throw a second one in overtime. Tried. They got dropped. Tried to throw it down the left. I mean, he threw it right to the guy. It just went through his hands. Like, I mean, it was a, t- it was a bad decision trying to work it to Waller when he was in double coverage down the left side, but he got away with it. So, Shay, what were your thoughts? And I know him to some degree because we were talking last night in the Slack chat, but of watching eight do what eight did last night. I've said this on Twitter last night and this morning. It feels like you saw his entire Titans career encapsulated in one game. 
because you saw the excitement and the joy of him being on the field and running for a first down, running for a touchdown, extending plays, extending drives, and then you saw his inaccuracy when it comes to throwing the football and that interception that you could say cost him the game and and, and nearly did in regulation that was thrown behind the receiver. His inaccuracy when it comes to a passer, he is a bit scattershot, and, and we saw that here. So everything good and bad, and I use the term bad kind of loosely, everything yeah. that we saw with Marcus here in town, you saw last night in Las Vegas, and it was fun to watch. And it was, I said this on our Twitter feed last night, that I don't know how long this feeling is going to last, but it's nice for Titans <laughs> Twitter at large to be able to enjoy this moment and root for a guy that, let's just say what it is, is an extraordinary talent, has had extraordinary moments, and is also a wildly inconsistent player. And it was good to watch him healthy and see that athleticism we didn't get to see in his final several days here with the Titans. Just a few of the names. Uh, we saw people tweeting us last night, and we were retweeting some folks that were talking about Marcus West Bowling, who we know well, says Marcus looks like Marcus tonight. It's a joy to watch. Jeff Schwartz, who's an Oregon grad, yeah. who loves his ducks, said Mariota looks good. I'm happy for him. Caden uh, Jones, give people their flowers while you can. Ramon said it best. Titans Twitter can praise Mariota while rooting for Tannehill. See, yes, you can walk and chew gum at the same time. You can be excited <laughs> that you don't have him anymore because you you love what you do have. Tannehill's been great for you. But you can also look at it and just feel like, hey, man, it's good for Mariota. It really is. Uh, Mickey Ryan, of course, who you can listen to at 1 o'clock this afternoon right here on this very radio station. Raiders have entered the pinnacle Mariota zone. Yes, the mm -hmm. pinnacle scoring zone that we heard for so many years. And Mariota in the red zone, his crazy statistic that went on and on in a positive direction for a long, long time. So, yeah, I mean, it was just it was just kind of fun, you know. There was no reason, and I do like Paxton. Paxton came strong with the petty. Yeah. Mariota is like an ex after you've moved on. I'm happy for you, but I'm good over here. I mean, that's that's the feeling. Totally fair. Uh, that's the feeling. I mean, one of our cousins from Fort Myers called this morning and said the same thing, though. It's like when Tannehill came to Nashville. That was the same feeling that they had, too. So uh, in the sense of, like you said, just giving their flowers, like, man, it, it was just really cool to see that. And, yes, Titans fans got what they needed last night also uh, was, a, was a Raiders loss. So, yeah. Six one five seven three seven one zero four five Stone in Columbia. Uh -oh. Stone, what do you have for us? Um, so, going back to the whole mass deal, there is something <laughs> absolutely worse than burping in your mask, and it is sneezing in your mask. That is like, I compare it to crapping in your pants, like, honestly. Oh! It, it's terrible. <laughs> Stone, <laughs> was, it, was it the backsplash that got him right there, man? Like, is that what did it oh. for him? That's disgusting, man. Is it was it, is yeah, it like some turd stuff right there? <laughs> is it mask whiplash? Is that what we're calling it now? Speaking of which, because of turd stuff, <laughs> and that, that's a that's a strong way to start a sentence by me. I need to be real cautious what comes next. Please. I told you guys this before the show. We were on like a Zoom call with the with our life group with our Sunday school class last night. And I haven't I haven't talked to many of them in months <laughs> because of because of COVID and because Sunday mornings are hard for me right now with the early morning show. Um, and so we're there doing our kind of like Christmas get together and the life group leader who is 
very much a spiritual mentor, somebody I have a tremendous amount of respect for. Uh, he's he's there with his wife, and he's just like, yeah, I was listening the other day, and you guys uh you guys seem to have a poop theme going on. I'm poop just fest. Like, yeah, that's that's my Sunday school class. Listen to me talk about stool on the radio for three hours. And then they were like, hey, man, you got to do it. Then he looks over at his wife. He's like, so Lamar Jackson, and he starts to explain it. I'm like, this is why I love this job sometimes. <laughs> no doubt about it, man. It is, it's fun coming in here doing this job. And honestly, it's good to see, you know, what we call our cousins or just audience of the show say, you know what? I enjoy that a little bit right there. You guys bring us up. So, yeah, if it's Lamar's uh, conspiracy of having a poop fest, you know what, Jason hearing it at his at his at his Sunday school class on Zoom, then so be it, man. We're here for the people. You know that? I yeah. enjoy that. Same yeah. way I was here for uh Marcus last night. And and, and a Ravers. You hear did you hear Schaefer? Oh. A Ravers? I'm just glad it was a V. <laughs> what did I do? What did I do? You said Ravers. Uh, during the top of the hour update, when yeah. you said the Ravers, I misspoke. I, the Ravers are. I misspoke and then corrected oh, myself. Was Mariota wearing a neon necklace? It's so crazy. It's so crazy. Anytime can you imagine Mariota? Can you imagine Mariota no. at a rave? By the way, no, I could. I see that right now. Just no, you he's can't. Oh, no. Here's nope, what it is. Yes, I do. I see him. He's in the corner right there. I had a vocal himself. flub, but then I immediately fixed it. I didn't have the oh, vocal flub and then just move on. That's the difference. You know what? Nope. Not trying to hear that. Safe. It's ever since you got your mic back on this Friday, you've been a new person. I'm gonna be real. No, I've been I the like same the, person. I just was quiet oh, for an hour and a half. Oh, when you over there frustrated, Shafe, and just dealing with your technical difficulties, you just, oh my god. And now here we are. Safe is just trying to correct everything and move on. I hey, for, guess. Safe, there's one piece of audio that I'd like to hear right no, now. No, uh, you better not. The you music city musical. That's the one. That See? is the one. See, I need new friends. I, every every circle of friends that I have, I need new ones. I'm putting in applications no, on Twitter, let's, okay? Let's go back to last Saturday and the absurdity what? of you. And by the way, your beautiful home and wonderful yes, family. Yes, fantastic. And and <laughs> such a gracious, wonderful host. And that's actually all true. That's not the compliments yes. before the day. That's awesome. not being that petty. Awesome time. You'll yeah. see me there tomorrow. But <laughs> for you to say... In all honesty, no irony, no humor, no nothing. Y'all, I need to get better friends, and all my friends are the same. You attract all of this to you. <laughs> this is on Look, you. Man, we spent like five hours around Ron Slay. <laughs> I watched him playing spades. Yeah. You played spades with Big John Henderson. You yeah, yeah, I was. Yes. I, Big John Henderson. We need to get him back on the show just so I can say, hey, dude, sandbag much? Like... <laughs> Can we get this thing on the on the rails here? I was trying both? to step in for you and help out. And Big John goes for two and then drops five. Like, what are we doing here, man? See, what's crazy is people are going to reach out to John Henderson now and say, hey, John, I heard your spade game suck. And that, <laughs> that is very disrespectful. As a matter of fact, if you're a cousin uh, uh, of us and you know Big John, reach out to him and tell him Jason Martin said he sucks at spades. It's I didn't say he sucked at spades. I'm just that time he did. 2020 has been a crazy year, man. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. I did not realize, I did not realize that it was going to end with me as John Henderson's spades partner. Like that, that was not, that was not on the card. Certainly not, not the way I thought that was going to go. But I'll take it, man. Absolutely, that was a good time. We had a ball over here, man. I'm gonna be real. I had a good time with you guys. We ate steaks, grilled out, watched the game.
It's we made stuff, breaking man. news on the SEC Network. I don't know. That was something. No <laughs> I think that's my top four, really, in a college football playoff is uh, Alabama, Clemson, Notre Dame, and Note Dame. I can't put Ohio State in there. Yeah. Got to put, gotta put Ohio State? They earned it. Note Dame? It. I, that's what I'm saying. So Notre Dame and Note Dame. You basically just did a version of the Dylon joke. So well done there, Jason. Dylon, Thank Dylon. you very much. We got Max Starks coming up on the other side. Yeah, He's yeah. Gator grad. So we'll talk SEC title with him and also the AFC playoff picture. A two-time Super Bowl champion. What does he think about the Tennessee Titans and that team that he played a long time with in Pittsburgh as well? Are they trending in the wrong direction? All that still to come. J-Mart and Ramon on Twitter, 104.5 The Zone. They don't find turds. Titans hosted Detroit Lions in the final home game of the regular season. You know, when we talk about winning games, you're supposed to. Yeah, this is that. The Titans and Lions. Kickoff is Sunday at noon on your home for Titans football. 104.5 The Zone. Uh, this is this portion of it is Bruce Hornsby, and it's actually on my like when I'm running. It's one of the it's my like '80s easy mix playlist. I'll break from time to time. Now that's not what this version is. Demora Smith, executive director of the NFLPA, is today's celebrity DJ. I'm yeah, celebrity yeah. Friday, he's behind all the music that you've heard today. I love it. This is Tupac. But I wanted to throw that Hornsby take out there as well. We are J-Mart and Ramon. Voltron completed by Jonathan Schaefer. We're on Twitter at J-Mart and Ramon. We bring in Max Starks. And now I back away from the microphone, Ramon, as you know Max so well. Maximus, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. And I appreciate the Tupac changes intro, though. I, mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, you know, some things never change, right, Mo? <laughs> At all. Like the type of friends that I'm around, Max. And, hey, by the way, the playlist, the song that you heard, every Friday we have a celebrity playlist, which at some point I'm going to request that you submit your songs to. But okay. the, the the celebrity of the week is Demari Smith. Okay, Mr. Executive Director himself. Yes, that is a song that he picked, man. You you being a guy that know him, that's quite impressive from D. Smith, man, I must say. Yeah, no, it definitely is. I mean, you know, when you're thinking of uh, the executive director of a labor union like the NFLPA, that is, that's the music I want to hear. He's trying to go for changes. <laughs> that's, Max, I got to drop this before we go a little bit further, too. So before we get on the show, my co-host Jason don't Martin. Do, don't okay. do this, man. My co-host Jason Martin, Jay Boogie is what we call him also, said, man, you know what? I'm going to be honest with y'all. Uh, I thought Max Starks was a white guy. Just- <laughs> <laughs> there it is. There it is. I mean, the that, name it, the name that's why. to note non, non-urban background. <laughs> I mean, when you say my whole name out loud, my whole government issue name looks like I, I should have went to an Ivy League school. And I should be, you know, some type of upper uh, up, upper level VP of some some regional company. I'm just going to put you it know, out there. I, I'll, yeah, I'll we just read say paper, this. it's not good. You, you are a savvy guy. I'm glad to have known you during my time in playing in Pittsburgh with you, man. Taught me a lot, but we'll get we'll get to all of that at some point, man. But 
your reasoning for coming on the show is one we're we're really good friends. You're also a guy that that has a whole lot of knowledge about a game this weekend, the SEC championship. Yeah. Your team, the Florida yeah. Gators, are going up against the powerhouse at this point, Alabama. Um, how do you view this game as for people right now? There's a lot of teams not in in the SEC, so we're just going to cheer them on. How do you see this game shaking out? So, you you know I'm a big movie buff, right? Right, Moan? That's right up Jason's alley, man. Yeah, yeah. So, here, I'm going to give you a movie scene, and you just tell me how it ends. Remember the movie Jurassic Park? Remember when they put that goat on the chain in the middle of the field? <laughs> Because they were trying to soak the T-Rex to come out. Yeah. Yeah, my gators are the goat right now. (laughs) Oh. And the the Jurassic Park vehicles is the college football playoff committee. And the T-Rex is definitely Alabama. So that is how I view it right now after watching that LSU game after they got mauled by kitty cats. So... I, I'm not feeling too strong. I think this is going to be a game where Florida, because we can't run the ball effectively, um, it puts us in a situation where we become too one-dimensional. And I think once once Kyle Trask got Kyle Pitts back, he got very dependent upon that security blanket because Kyle Pitts is the ultimate security blanket. He makes any quarterback feel good about themselves. <laughs> and when he wasn't out there, it was a noticeable difference. Do I think they can score? Yes. But Alabama's going to really force them into a situation where they're going to have to run and throw the tight game, and you won't get those deep plays, I think, as well. Because the one thing that Alabama's been good about, especially the last half of this season, has been really trying to limit those big play potentials by putting pressure on the quarterback and forcing him to get the ball out quick. And LSU did a really good job of that as well because – that we they knew, hey, they're not gonna run they're not gonna run, so we can blitz, you know, and pass blitz, not just run blitz, where it's like we're feeling it out fifty fifty, they're yeah. gonna have a full commitment to go into a pass blitz mode and we don't really have an answer for it. The offensive line has not played up to snuff the last couple of weeks. They've been, they, now they've been a very good group all year, but the last couple of weeks you've seen the cracks in the armor. And so that's what my fear is is that Alabama's in full playoff mode. And they're not going to relent. They're not going to offer any quarter uh, to the opposing side. Max, first off, the Jurassic Park, yeah, <laughs> yeah that that's that's phenomenal. Like uh, you you should be on daily with with lines like that. But when you think about Trask and Pitts and becoming reliant upon him, it's a quarterback sport. Quarterbacks are the ones to get all of the headlines written about them. But you're talking about two teams in Florida and Alabama where Pitts and Devontae Smith are probably the best two players on the field, and they're probably the best two guys in terms of what their future might look like in the NFL. I love Najee Harris, but I've also seen a lot of Alabama running backs come in and be pretty pedestrian in the NFL as well. How good do you think both Pitts and Devontae Smith project to be on the next level? Oh, my God. Uh, I mean, just absolutely phenomenal. I mean, when you look at Devontae Smith, it doesn't matter – the Alabama quarterback. Devontae Mm. Smith just simply produces. And I think that's a testament to how good this kid is. And you said, oh, my gosh. Well, he had Henry Ruggs around him. He had Jalen Waddell. He had all of these different weapons to take the pressure off of him. That's why he excelled. Wrong. 
as soon as Jalen Waddle got injured this season and his production went up, his alpha male apex predator side went up as well. <laughs> and he became an even more efficient, more lethal threat to opposing defenses and secondaries that lets me know that it's, it's in his DNA. And he's hardwired for competition and to be great. So Devontae Smith, honestly, I don't have a vote. But if I did, looking at the Heisman, I would totally give him my vote. I give him the first place wow. vote because he's done something that's just been phenomenal. Breaking the SEC records that he has are very tough in, in and of itself. But he's done it with three different quarterbacks as well. So he's proven that he's not just a system guy or one type of quarterback is going to make him is going to make him a better player. He makes those quarterbacks better players by him being on the field. And then with Kyle Pitts, Kyle is a matchup nightmare. When we're talking about the evolution of the hybrid tight end, he's not the Heath Miller that, that Ramon and I are so used to from our, yeah. from our time in Pittsburgh, and he's not Tony Gonzalez. You know, he comes off as the Travis Kelsey of the world, more so than the George Kittles, because he can line up in the slot, he can line up ISO, he can be in line, and he can burn you either the middle of the field or he can take you deep water and drown you. And I think that's what is tough because he's too sm- he's too big for a DB and he's too fast for a linebacker, wow. and you have to bracket him. And who wants to bracket a guy in the middle of the field? It's a nightmare because he always has a two-way go. Yeah, speaking of nightmares, Max, uh, we got Max Starks with us, former Pittsburgh, still a two-time Super Bowl champion, also to covers college uh, football also. Um, and, and all of those things you've seen a lot. Um, and I'll say this, too. In the SEC, Nick Saban has seen a lot, meaning a lot of coaches. Um, Auburn is going through a coaching change right now. South Carolina just hired their coach. Any team that's not beating Nick Saban has probably had a coaching change in the last decade or more. Um, from your perspective, a guy who played at Florida, also a Florida Gator, um, that's seen coaches change, coach changes also. What does it take for other teams and schools to get a hold of winning or beating Nick Saban in the SEC? Well, first of all, you, you got rid of the one coach that was semi good at it and Gus Malzahn, mm-hmm. if you're Auburn, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, you know, three out of six years. He's, yeah, I mean, between him and Hugh Freeze, that's really the only guys who seem to get the better of Nick Saban. And for them to for them to kind of be off of Gus, and I get it, Gus is always on the hot seat, it seems like, every year until he has one signature victory. But you have to realize who you're recruiting against. And not to say that Auburn is, is a lower-class team, but they're a second-tier team when it comes to national recruiting. And so... That's the biggest thing is you realize when you look at Ohio State, when you look at Clemson, when you look at Alabama, they always get the highest concentration of whichever top 300 list you want to look at huh. for, uh, for high school and college projections. So that's the first thing you have to do is you have to find somebody who can compete with those, A, brands and schools, but also brands and coaches if you want to hope to beat a Nick Saban because you have, like you said, Dabo's done it outside of the SEC. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ohio State did it. It wasn't, it wasn't Ryan Day. It was Urban Meyer. But Ohio State's done it, and that's why they compete with the Alabama brand. And so if you're going to go, if they're Auburn, and I'm trying to figure out how do I get my advantage because you didn't have Gus, 
you have to go find that brand or that name that's going to attract those kids uh, to your campus to have a shot at beating Nick Saban because he's always going to get the best of the best, and they seem to always reload. It's because they get the top kids year in and year out, and they can go anywhere across this country and sit in anybody's living room because of that name and that, and that, that uh, ID for their school. And so I think that's the first thing. And if I'm Auburn, I should have already had this replacement in mind before I fired yeah. him. Because when I look at the landscape right now, I don't see that. I mean, you look at Shane Beamer going to South Carolina. He has a connection. Clark Lee going to Vanderbilt. There's a connection, and he comes from Notre Dame. So he brings that cachet. He's recruited that type of player because that's what Notre Dame dictates, like Vanderbilt, a higher academic standard and rigor. So that kid has to qualify there before he can play on the football field. Clark Lee is the best fit for that, and he has that connection to Nashville. Auburn, on the other hand, it's going to be tough to find somebody. And like you said, the fact that Kevin Steele is your number one option right now uh-huh. doesn't say much that you pay $21 million for Gus to go sit at home. Uh, and Ooh. Kevin Steele is going to retract that when he has a, what, a four-win, I think, Baylor record in his time in the Big 12. That's not going to cut it in the SEC. Auburn fans are going to be even more pissed than they were when when Gus was there. Yeah, it does seem really strange. It's like if you're going to do that, you better have the next guy in mind. You better have a plan. And they absolutely didn't seem like they had a plan because they're being spurned by everybody that all the, all the key guys are coming back out. Mario Cristobal's like, nah, I'm, I'm good at Oregon. I'm not, I'm not going to go to Auburn. And why would you want to yeah. go in there? I mean, Malzahn was what, 63 and 35, and they couldn't wait to get him out of town. It's like year after year, his seat seemed to be hot, and it didn't make sense because there's a lot of schools that would crawl over broken glass for the level of success that Gus Malzahn had at Auburn. You're absolutely right, and let's face it. Mario said, I'll take that Phil Knight money, and I don't have to go through Nick Saban to get to the college football playoffs. I'll I'll keep my road here because I just signed a top three recruiting class at Oregon with our 99-plus matchup combinations and the fact that we have Nike sitting right there to do your bidding. (laughs) <laughs> I wouldn't move either. Have you seen those facilities? They got a waterfall yeah. in their locker room. A waterfall. <laughs> There's no way. There's no way I'm leaving. And, and they're happy with the success, and they're going to be successful because they're almost like when Clemson was coming up and Dabo had his first couple years of success, that's where Oregon is, where they're going to be dominant in the Pac-12 for a long time to come because there's no real rival. Your rivals are Washington and Colorado. And, yes, you do have an improved USC, but you don't have the heyday USC. So I like my chances there than going into the division of the coach that has owned it, that has like a Death Star pointed at the planet, which is the SEC West, and you have to get over that hurdle just to have a shot in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, and, and, Max, just on the other side of sports, man, we, we're almost at a point where we got to wrap it up, but you've been so awesome to us. Max Stark is with us, former Pittsburgh, still a two-time Super Bowl uh, winner, uh, played at the University of Florida, which I just can't believe I said that. But aside from that, though, Max. <laughs> you you uh, know what greatness is. You know what greatness is. <laughs> I like you, Max. It's I don't like anywhere. your school. It's certainly not in Knoxville right now. <laughs> hey, hey, you, you put him in a corner, guys. Stop this, okay? But I'll just say this. 
this, Max. The AFC race, man, has gotten tight. The NFC is a little bit unpredictable, but it's going to be probably a, a, a double-digit winning team that won't make the playoffs this year. Who do you see uh, going up? I feel like uh, well, Kansas City has the number one seed, but Kansas City still has this question. Pittsburgh is in a limbo right now. Then you got a team here in Nashville with the Titans who at any point can beat anybody, man. Just how are you seeing this thing shape up? The Browns of all teams are, are even in the conversation. I know that 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 Monday night game with the Browns and Ravens was an instant classic. Uh, just the the back and forth. I mean, when I look at this, you know, I I think that a there's there's going to be three AFC North teams that make it in the playoffs. Rightfully so. It's one still one of the toughest divisions in all of football um, outside of the NFC West. Um, when I look at this on the AFC side, I think like you said, I mean. Kansas City is the outright number one. They got a tough test against New Orleans this weekend. Um, but Pittsburgh is, is, is that one team that they just, they lost, they lost the run game and they got too dependent on the quick pass game to pseudo, uh, cover up for that run, but then got mm-hmm. exposed when everybody started playing press man. Um, mm. I think that a, de- a very dangerous team is, is Cleveland because Cleveland can score at will. The problem is, can their defense hold off of people who can score? Baltimore is finding their rhythm, but Baltimore does this up and down every year, and they haven't shown me any sustainability in January, so I don't fear them as much. Um, Kansas City is still my number one. I think they deserve that one seed, even though it's not the Kansas City of last year. But it's just it's too talented to fail, it seems, in a lot of respects unless they fall asleep like they did against Las Vegas. And so for me, when I look at this, the NFC is the one that's the scariest, I think, because there's so much more parity. Teams are so much more evenly matched. The defense on the NFC side is way tougher than the defenses on the AFC side. Think of what Washington is and what they did to Pittsburgh. Think of what the New Orleans Saints were until last week. The L.A. Rams, as long as Aaron Donald is healthy, you might as well put him as a number three defense in all of the NFL by himself. So the NFC is very intriguing. I think it's going to be a great playoff run this year because we have that seventh team. So there's a team that's going to be deserving that gets in that normally be on the outside looking in and is making it competitive for that seven, eight, nine slot about who's going to finish in seventh. So I really like the way that our, the teams have been kind of conformed this year. And the AFC, I mean, it has favorites. But the NFC has all the defense, and that's what's scary to me when it comes against those AFC teams because I think those defenses match up well to the top tier of the AFC. Max, this has been really good, man. Uh, we're out of time, but we, we want to have you back uh, real soon, maybe as we get uh, into the actual playoffs. But but really good stuff and continue to give Moan as much hell as humanly possible. No. Uh, from a distance. Guess, uh, Max, I see what so you're you doing know, over there, Moan. It's, no, it's fitting. Marquise just FaceTimed me while on air with you. Literally. Just told me this. <laughs> so, I hate those guys. I need better friends, Max, and you're one of the ones I need to be better also, man. Yeah. <laughs> hey, listen, Moan, I'm not going to post to Twitter that picture when, when, when you lost the bet and you were on the airplane unhappy about your beautiful Florida Gator polo. I'm not going to post that because I don't want any ire from the orange and white because I love you, Moan. You know what I'm saying? You like, you're like a little brother, so I'm not going to do that. I'm going to be better than that. But don't Please expect don't. me not to say anything about Tennessee anytime soon.
Schaefer, don't let him off the phone. <laughs> don't let him off the phone. We need it. We need that photo. Uh, no. Hashtag Petty Forever. Oh, no, petty I'm, I'm, I'm tweeting. I'm tweeting Max right now. <laughs> I'm tweeting <laughs> Max right now so that he'll post it on Twitter, and then Max, all hell's gonna break loose. That We're is family, Max. Like, don't let them I divide don't. us. Oh. Listen, I love you, Moan. I love you. Listen, it's not gonna happen. They're not oh, yes, gonna get is. a full picture of that. I don't believe this. Picture. But you and I both know, Moan. You and I both know the truth. Yes. Max, I yes. went through a whole decade of losing to Florida, man. Until Josh Dobbs came through and saved us, man, I paid you money. I paid Marquise money. I paid Marcus money, man. I, even Rainey at this point. Like, I, I was about Max. to say, Chris Rainey, I think, got some dollars about this. <laughs> everybody but Gilbert, because Gilly really didn't care. But other really than that, everybody yeah. else did. <laughs> Uh, Max, no, we appreciate it, man. Absolutely. We need to have you back real, real soon. Thanks for making time. Absolutely, man. Hey, my, my pleasure, man. Love you, Moan. Hey, you guys take Love care. Have a great rest of your weekend. That, that's that's Max Starks. Uh, we're getting that photo. Make it happen. Uh, Make Max it would. happen. Toyota he would hold on to something like that. Ah, Back away from the mic. Toyota keys to the game coming up next, plus a little bit of your poll results and some of those thoughts, some really interesting things about which of these potential playoff opponents for the Titans might concern you the most. All that coming up in the final segment. Jay Martin Mel, 104.5 The Zone. Little naughty, naughty by nature. Demora Smith has been your celebrity DJ. Did a great job. Dropped some buddy guy. Man, we're on the show. It's right up D Smith Alley, man. This is good, real good. By the way, tweet Demora Smith and tell him, hey man, great job. Nice tune. You have no idea how much it means to guests that come on the show. Literally, like Andy yeah. Staples. Uh, Mike Heath doesn't have a Twitter because he's better than all of us. Um, Max Starks, who just came on. I mean, just all those guys. It, it means a lot. It means yeah. it, it helps our show, but it means a lot. Like John Oates yesterday, hit him up. Tell him you were. it was good to hear him uh, when he was on with us. Just it, it, it always benefits us, but it stands out. I don't know how many guests will actually say, hey, man, I had like 15, 20 people. Right after I went off the air, that just hit me up and said, yeah. happy that I came on. It matters. It matters because a lot of them are, are moving in a lot of different directions. So help us stand out. It's just going to make this show better for you for three hours every day. So we certainly appreciate that. Let's get to Cousin Andrew in Portland before we get hey, out of here. Andrew, fellas, listen, I'm going to make this quick. I know y'all got to get out of here. But to all the mask wearers and the burpers, turn up your radios and we'll save your life because I can <laughs> Um, it, this is something that if you don't know, you need to know. If you are a burper and you wear a mask, there's one simple way to fix uh, or prevent the smell from ruining your day. Raise the mask up when you burp. Look, if somebody else is not wearing a mask and you are, then quite frankly, you probably don't like that person anyway, so you don't care if they smell your garlic breath, your onion breath, whatever you ate. Before. Raise the mask up, burp, blow it out. And then put your mask back on. It'll save your life, and it'll save your nostrils for the day. Hey, boys, y'all have a good weekend. Tighten up. Thank you. Appreciate you, man. (laughs) Appreciate you. Mask whiplash. Only problem is sometimes, man, sometimes that burp comes out of nowhere. Like Uh, you're not prepared for it. You're like, whoa, I didn't realize uh, I ate that much. (laughs) 
You know what's crazy? You got that mask up, you're getting blitzed. I guarantee you this is probably going to take off of Twitter at some point. Like, yep, I've been there. I've been there. Oh, oh it's, it's going to happen. Monday, we're going to be talking about belching and the Titans. By the way, the distinctively styled V6-powered Toyota Highlander is a real team player with plenty of room and comfort connectivity for all your devices and the most advanced safety features. Standard for all Toyota offers. Go to buyatoyota.com. Toyota keys to the game on Sunday, Moan, beginning with... Feed them again. Derrick Henry against their rush defense should be a recipe for being up fairly big early and putting yep. this thing out of its misery. 100%. He's got to be a guy, man, that runs all over them. They're holding up the back end of all stats pretty much on the defensive side of the ball. Have to get him started early, man. It's a must in this. Let's, let's have a stress-free Sunday is what I'm saying. Absolutely. Yes. And Second then, point for me. Go ahead. Expose their defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, the, I mean, the defense got to be able to do the job. Ex, our, the Titans' defense exposing uh, the, the the Detroit Lions. They're giving up ninety a game. If they do anything remotely well this game, it better not be the run game. Control them. If it's uh, uh, Chase Daniels in, expose him also. Don't let him have a Marcus Mariota moment. Is what I'm saying for the Titans' defense this weekend. Yeah, and then the third is don't let your defense get exposed again. Like. Keep it up. Let's see a back-to-back performance from this defense. It's a little bit more powerful offense than the one you saw last week. Keep it under wraps. So it's been a fun week on the show. If you missed any part of it, we want you to podcast this program, J-Mart and Ramon. Share Mm -hmm. it, subscribe, drop the five-star review, and certainly let us know what you think as well, at J-Mart and Ramon. Our poll question will be rolling all day, so you still got yeah. time. Over 1,100 of you have already voted in it. We greatly appreciate that. So yesterday we had Andy Staples on, and we asked who he thought had the best pro wrestling clothesline. And he said, well, he said a guy that he ran into in a restaurant once. This man sends us home as he always does on Friday. The Macho Man Randy Savage. We will see you on Monday. Oh, yeah. I am the best in the business. Yeah. Uh, sitting on top of the mountain of the AFC South. Yeah. Hey, coming up a big win last weekend. Yeah, I can't think of a better opponent to come to town to keep that momentum alive. The Detroit Lions. Yeah. Detroit. Yeah. The Lions, they say, is the king of the jungle. Yeah. But you're coming to Nissan Stadium. Yeah. And that is the Titans jungle. And we have our own king. He's number 22, Roman the Serengeti. Looking for Bray this week, yeah, Lions. He's got a center for you, yeah. The Titans got a center flying this week, yeah. And not even Barry Sanders can walk through the door and save you, yeah. Because the Titans continue their win streak. They're on their way to the championship. Time to tighten up.